0: Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room episode 59, the sort of review segment for Friday, February 20th, 2015, the year of our Time Lord, Dr. Emmett Brown. Uh, we're not reviewing anything this week. What is even coming out this week? It all seemed like garbage. We decided the to Duff. Hot Tub
2: Time Machine 2.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it. Not everyone going. says hear, the Duff
2: is good. I know. That's everyone true. Loves I was shocked by that. Yeah, Jordan Hoffman, our great colleague and occasional guest, is like best teen comedy of, well, in his lifetime because he probably hasn't seen any. Uh yeah. yeah, people seem to love the Duff, which I'm very happy for. I like Mae Whitman. She
0: deserves I d- it. I just got mad at the idea of them calling Mae Whitman the ugly fat friend and rejected it on principle. Which yeah,
2: that's pretty horrible. I, yeah, I don't blame was, you for uh,
0: that. Yeah. Anyway, so we wanted to talk about the Oscars because they are happening on Sunday. And we convinced David to talk about them, which is a really wonderful, rare occasion, and we should all celebrate it. Nice.
2: David's been doing a lot of Oscar <laughs> talk this season. I pointed out, pointed this out before. I don't know what it is about these Oscars or – Maybe David's just upping his Twitter presence and trying David to David is cards. now a, <laughs> gotta give the people what they want.
0: David's now a huge imitation game fan, speak to so he's speak. really gotten oh, into the game. Oh my this
1: god! Year. Uh,
0: no. <laughs> uh, so before we get into the main categories, we'll talk about best picture, director, all that stuff. We each wanted to talk about a uh technical, below the line, or otherwise not top category that we are particularly interested in following, and kind of either don't know what's going to happen or have a vested interest in what does happen. And uh patches, I knew which one you were going to pick from the very beginning because <laughs> I. uh and know what you're a nerd for. So why is Best Score interesting?
2: Best Score's interesting because I don't know who's going to win, which I guess is kind of, of rare by this point at the Oscars, where everything seems like it's a clear front-runner. Just so people know, because they're probably not looking at all the nominees like I am, the uh, nominees for this category are The, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, Alexandre Desplat, uh, The Imitation Game, also Alexandre Desplat, Interstellar, Hans Zimmer, uh, Mister Turner by Gary Yershan. Mister Turner. Uh, Mister Tur- mm. Turner. Mister uh, Turner. Yes, the whole uh, score is composed of snorts. <laughs> Little known fact. And then uh, the last one is the Theory of Everything by Johan Johansson. Uh, and and I think I think that Johan Johansson will end up winning in this category, which brings me great dismay. Not that the music is bad; it's just kind of. Generic, like everything in the movie. It's very simple. It's, it's easy to digest. It's nothing compared to the Grand Budapest ho- Hotel, which is what I'm rooting for. Um, and you'd think with two slots that Alexandre Desplat could kind of steal it. Um, but maybe he's dividing voters. and, and Yeah, he won't, I think, I he
1: think won't that's the more it.
0: likely scenario. Well, I read an interesting point, though, that the composer's name is not listed on the ballot. It just lists the title of the movie. So the vote splitting in this category might not be as significant as we were thinking.
2: Ah, that's interesting. But don't you think that people who vote are tapped into the conversation? Haven't, they you, read all been read, awards? haven't you been How reading you?
0: the conversations with the Oscar voters at The Hollywood Reporter?
2: <laughs> oh, now you're getting me enraged. In <laughs> um, you're right. You're right. People kind of stick to their guns, which means they probably haven't seen most of these movies and people just love the theory of everything. It's just so easy. It's just so nice, you know? So is the Grand
0: Budapest Hotel? It's a lovely movie. Well, that's
2: I do I do feel, and this is why it's complicated. I think that people are voting for Grand Budapest Hotel. It seems to be winning a lot of different awards in all sorts of categories. I think it won some stuff at the BAFTAs, and you know best, Katie. You you are our okay. awards queen, isn't isn't Grand Budapest triumphing in no no one expected it to, right? It was kind of yeah, an underdog. I
0: mean, I mean, it's part of the awards conversation now at all, which is surprising because it opened almost a year ago, almost as long ago as Boyhood premiered in Sundance, (laughs) predicted for a lot of the technical awards. I think costume and production design, it's pretty much a lock for, and it might even win win screenplay. So yeah, there's definitely an affection for it that I think was a little bit... It's going to
1: be the... It's going to win the most awards of any film, I think. You think so? Yeah. Not yeah, that that really think, counts for anything. but I
0: mean, I think it might win the most awards with like four because it's going to be a really split year.
1: It'll be one of those things where an hour into the ceremony, everyone's like the Grand Budapest Hotel is running away with things like they do every year when yeah. the movie wins under the line awards and then just is not heard from from the rest of the night.
2: Well, yeah. poor Imitation Game because the display score there is actually pretty good, too.
1: Yeah, I, I feel actually,
0: like the
2: Imitation Game is starting to go home empty handed.
1: Yeah, it's quite possible. I think the Displ- well. Unless it has a very good shot at winning Best Adapted Screenplay. Yes. But uh, the the Desplat score for The Imitation Game, I think, is – it's a lot more listenable than the one for the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, But the one with the Grand Budapest – and and it's the one that I listen to a lot more frequently and uh, in a wide variety of moods. But the Grand Budapest Hotel score is so perfect for that film. It's so – Uh, inextricable from the texture of Wes Anderson's movie that I think that it it carries the heaviest load and, uh, you know, as far as being a piece of a greater puzzle is the best score uh, of the year, maybe, not even just among the nominees. So that would get my vote.
2: I think I'm going to dish a little here. You know, I talk to a lot of people about film scores, and I'm like, don't you think Hans Zimmer, like, this was a big score, Interstellar was a big score for Hans Zimmer, it seemed to capture a lot of attention, uh, the little attention that Interstellar could muster in the weeks after it released like what were people still talking about people were talking about Hans Zimmer Um, and I'm like don't you think Hans (laughs) Booby
0: hey
2: baby hey he (laughs) played at the Grammys didn't he he's everywhere he's he's putting in his time Um, but apparently I've heard heard that the Academy does not really like Hans Zimmer and I don't really know why I can't go more yeah
0: he's won before hasn't he yes
2: he won for the Lion King 20 years ago
0: wow
2: oh so, but he—I don't think he'll win again. I—I'm I, really gossiping here, saying that people don't like Hans Zimmer, but and I don't know why that would be. Maybe, maybe there's a clash with his factory output, uh, and and that's not uh, the industry's favorite thing. They like people who do it, do everything, like Johan Johansson, who probably still sits in his studio and just like bangs on a computer until his c- score comes out. Well,
0: but. they nominate John Williams every year, so they can't be too. I know.
2: Yeah, they should. They should have brought him back. Oh God, what was that movie? The book. The the book,
0: book thief? the book thief. That was last year.
2: I know. He should just get another nomination. It's just so good. Actually, he got a Grammy nomination for the book thief. So there oh. you go. Fun anyway, facts. one of you. What 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 other categories are we question mark here?
1: Uh, I will chime in on best animated feature, which is always a load of shit. <laughs> uh,
2: there's. <laughs>
0: Why this is it a load of shit? Because, because the
2: wind rises didn't win and your name yeah, was at the because, top of the because poster. Because Miyazaki
0: movies don't win enough.
2: Save for,
1: uh, save for Spirited Away, the Ghibli movie always loses. And this year, despite the fact that it will probably be the second to last time, at, you know, in best case scenario in the immediate future that a Ghibli movie is nominated, uh Sao Takahata and uh, Yoshiaki Nishimura, who gets a credit for the, pr- the Tale of Princess Kaguya, will probably go home empty-handed, despite the fact that it, it. there are no words in any language that I speak, certainly, or that I'm familiar with that could express just how much better The Tale of the Princess Kaguya is than any other of the films nominated. And that includes The Box Trolls, which is uh, great in its own right, but... Uh, you know, a distant, 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 yeah. distant second. Did you get a chance
2: um, to see Song of the Sea?
1: I had. I didn't see Song of the Sea. I saw it at Toronto, and I think it's a major – well, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to look at, and it's obviously um, made with a lot of love and care, but the story is a complete mess. It's very uh, – I, I, yeah, it's 85 minutes, however long it is. I, I've seen it twice, and both times I've been bored out of my skull by the time it lumbers into its – third act, um, as pretty as it is to look at and, and sensitively <laughs> rendered. It um, has a beautiful
2: score. I've listened to the music. I've yet to yeah. see the film. Bruno Colais Big Hero 6 so is
1: just a fucking nightmare. and
2: uh, <laughs> I even to, think so, and you're being too harsh. I don't uh, know. I have the same opinion. And How to Train Your Dragon 2
1: is the same. And How to Train dra- Your Dragon 2, um, this is a category where, it's like, imagine, it's it's not too far removed from like the short film categories, where... If you can imagine uh, one of the short film nominees, and these are mostly filmmakers you've never heard of, uh, making movies that star people you've never seen before. This year, uh, one of the shorts, Phone Call, stars Sally Hawkins and Jim Broadbent and will probably win on those merits. But imagine if they took out a full-page ad in the New York Times because they, we can pretend, had the money to do that. It would be... Uh, a laughably outsized campaign <laughs> to the non-campaigns that the other films are running. Um, and that's pretty much what's happened with the animated category, where DreamWorks has put a lot of muscle behind How to Train Your Dragon 2. And the Box Trolls, and to a somewhat, maybe an equal or less visible extent, Big Hero 6 has had a campaign as well. But Song of the Sea and uh, Tale of the Princess Kaguya. They're happy to just, be there. They Well, they just don't have the money to really push for it. Um, and it's really a shame, and this is, this category is a travesty. Uh, the only upside is that um, Miyazaki won a Lifetime Achievement Oscar for this year. It won't take place at the ceremony, but he was awarded one for this the year. The video
2: is online; you can watch that on the Academy's YouTube page. He'll oh, right. be at the awards. Nice. They it's usually give sweet. him a shout out. I don't know; he doesn't really travel to the
0: US. Uh, very well, often. they'll give him a shout out. I don't know if he'll be there in person.
2: Yeah, yeah the, how so- to, the How to Train Your Dragon two campaign thing that you mentioned is is particularly sad because DreamWorks Animation seems to be like bleeding money at the moment. There are a lot of financial reports out there saying that you know people are losing their jobs and they're out of cash and they're scaling back production and they're All trying right. to figure out how to continue. And here you see these. Really expensive full-page ads being like, please, God, give us the Oscar.
0: I have gotten uh, insane things for How to Drain Your Dragon 2. Really? What? This PSG is the time are- to reveal this. Oh, like toys and art and books. And I think there was Viking chocolate scent at one point.
2: Ooh. Ooh, la, la. Uh, wait, Vikings want- eat chocolate?
0: I don't know. There were chocolates with Viking helmets on them.
2: Fair. That's what they ate, actually, back in the day. They put little helmets on their chocolates and went, "Hello." Yeah,
0: I still never saw How to Train Your Dragon (laughs) Two. None of this, uh, none of this worked on me.
2: So you did not help the cause.
0: Yeah, I was really not into many. It's actually,
2: it's not that bad. It's a very lovely film. I mean, it's a big, snazzy blockbuster. It's better. I think it is better than Big Hero Six if I had to put them side by side. But certainly, Tale of Princess Kaguya would be my vote in a dream world.
0: I abstain. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about uh, editing, which is not like the flashiest of categories, but it's very strange this year because Birdman, which I think a lot of people thought would be the shoe-in to win for No,
1: no. Oh, I uh, you you really just hit a nerve. Wow. Because I think that— This uh, enrages David. Well, he has spent hours so on Twitter. A movie with no cuts— Cannot, should not, and never uh, ever—it should not even be a conversation. Seamless. Okay, all right, In all right. the conversation for best editing, it is madness.
0: Well, it's not because it's not nominated. Thank so. God!
1: I know I, I had my think piece ready to go, <laughs> and uh, they—you know—they saved me the trouble. You just
2: replaced cake. You put cake into uh, yeah. place of Birdman. Yeah, and just David, ran it anyway. you're just
0: killing Oscar campaigns all over the place with these think pieces. Pew pew. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Birdman's not nominated, and there's a there's kind of like a hoary old thing like. If a movie doesn't have an editing nomination, it can't win Best Picture. It goes, you know, it's like a, a weird, mainly meaningless statistic, but Birdman doesn't have an editing nomination, um, which kind of leaves it up to, I think, to contenders Boyhood, which hasn't been winning very many technical prizes from any of the guilds for all of the various reasons that it's you know, made in Austin, not like an insider Hollywood thing, but has this kind of miraculous feat of editing in that it's made over the course of 12 years. And then Whiplash, which is a very progressive movie, very energetic. Even if you're not a fan of the movie, I think you can say that the energy of it really relies on the way that it's cut and the way that the scenes flow into each other, and especially in these uh, music scenes. And I honestly have no idea who's going to win. And I'm not even sure who I want to win. Like, I can't even figure out who to root for because they're I'm all so- pretty
2: good choices, minus American Sniper, which I assume gets an editing nod because there's a lot of like action scenes that don't make sense and yeah, a of, I mean, it's very a lot, choppy so it's noticeable.
0: A lot of the Bourne movies won for editing. So, oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Or at least one of them did.
2: Um, I, I, I wonder if Grand Budapest Hotel, speaking to what David was saying, that a, a lot of these technical awards could actually go to Grand Budapest. I mean, there's so many moving parts. Spinning plates might be more appropriate in this case. <laughs> um, but Boyhood seems like the likely winner if only because it's – you know, running towards the finish line, the best picture.
1: Yeah. My, uh, my guess as to what might hinder, uh, the grand Budapest hotel is that, uh, to a very, to a, to a degree, Wes Anderson, uh, as everyone knows, edits his movies pretty much as he's writing them, you know, really before they ever get to set and start shooting. Um, I know of, Certain instances in the Grand Budapest Hotel where uh, the editing, the post-production actually dramatically changed things. There are a few shots in that crucial uh, climactic direction. Wait, dish here. what, what, is, what are you yeah. talking
2: about? Please,
1: tell uh, us. This well, is there's, the time. <laughs> how, how name-droppy can we get? Yes, please.
0: <laughs> so name-droppy. Well, Look how uh, inside
2: we are.
1: Oh, this will be fun. I, I don't get to name-drop very often, so here we go. Buckle up. I was on the phone with Noah Bomback the other day. Yeah, oh, here we go. Oh, so yeah, he was were. telling me. He was telling me that uh, there's this great shot at the end of the Grand Budapest Hotel, where all the entire cast, as he's wrapping up the story and the movie comes to this very abrupt uh, conclusion, which sort of leaves you with this hole in your gut. Uh, there's a shot of the entire cast gathered together in the foyer of the grand, or in the dining room of the Grand Budapest Hotel, um, and it's sort of your last glimpse of them all as you begin to register how that that world. No longer exists. And that was actually a publicity photo that Wes Anderson and his editor decided ah, to put in at the last minute. That's really
2: cool. Um, wow.
1: And it really completes the rhythm of that sequence. Uh, and so, I, but I think the impression is that a lot of people in the industry have, and with good cause, is that a lot of these movies are so exactingly stitched together via animatronics and storyboards uh, beforehand that I think. This, along with like Best Director, might be the uh, consolation prize that Boyhood walks away with. Of yeah. course, and Best Supporting Actress.
0: Yes, and I thought about that, and then I also wonder, like, the whole idea that people love Whiplash so much that it kind of stuck its way into Best Picture. Well, that- that's
2: I. Th- I feel like Whiplash is going to be the adapted screenplay we mentioned, Imitation Game, a little earlier. But I do think that's going to be the Whiplash uh, one, despite the like screenplay plus controversy. JK oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't even feel like Whiplash anymore. Uh, from what I. Can
1: remember off the top of my head, the precursors would suggest that the imitation game has this in the bag, um, but uh, I think the real that category was was rendered pretty useless for me when Gillian Flynn wasn't nominated because she just absolutely
2: crushed it.
0: And, and, and same for uh, me for Nick Hornby and, Hornby and Wild
2: Gone Girl. Yeah, Wild yeah. really came up short. This Oscar season, I, I have so many regrets over our review of that film. By the way, people don't <laughs> people really because took people me to because people are task. so mean to
0: you about it.
2: People are really mean to me about it. I was super sleepy and repeating myself and rambling, which I totally apologize for. But like, uh, maybe we need to rewatch Wild. Guys, maybe we need to get David to watch David Wild to finally watch it and then it. talk about it again.
0: <laughs> we're having so many truths told in this podcast. Oh my this god, is really, uh, confession! All right, let's uh, let's just jump right up to Best Picture. What?
2: Wait! Don't Wait. we build up with these like acting oh, okay. categories? Uh, and how does it work at the actual show?
0: Jesus. I will find the acting categories will take two attack. seconds. Uh, supporting actor J.K. Simmons is going to win this. Yes. Yeah, that's sad, right? Is yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I think
2: he gives. I think he gives a really good performance. I'm just tired no, of him it, winning.
1: His performance is really it's the best that could you hope you could hope for for that role. But I really think that the role, the degree of difficulty in that performance is basement level. I mean, it's really, really you're, yeah, you're under, I think the role is so clearly hmm. defined. Um, you really just have to go into that. It's like a pixie you're song. Only, with loud, you're only quiet, thinking,
2: loud. Uh, see, you're only thinking of him in the classroom and the way he operates. No, I'm it's thinking the of second it, half. It's when he's at like I the know, jazz club after he gets fired. Those are the yeah, great scenes.
1: Yeah, but I just, I don't think, uh, <laughs> I don't think he really requires all that much of him that we haven't seen before um, and maybe with a slightly lower volume uh, who's who's nominated in that category?
0: Edward
2: though? Norton, who Edward
1: I, I Norton, think is terrible. the star of Birdman. Oh, he is the best part.
0: Yeah, he's amazing in Birdman. Michael
1: Keaton certainly is. not what a boring performance. So
0: I can't, I can't. We'll
2: Over time, I've really felt that way, unfortunately. Mark Ruffalo. Oh, this is, Mark Ruffalo uh, this is in a category. dreadful category. And Katie's Jeez.
1: favorite well,
0: movie I, of the year. I, well, hang on. I think Mark Ruffalo, Edward Norton – Oh Jesus Christ! Who's the other one? Who's not Robert involved? Duvall? I haven't seen oh, the judge. I'm not the, going to. The,
1: you're forgetting the most deserving person in this category, even though it's a make. It would be a makeup win for Before Midnight, which is Ethan Hawke.
0: <laughs> oh yes, um, of course. No, Ethan <laughs> Hawke is. Yeah, I think I think there's four really strong performances in this, and I'm kind of surprised that J.K. Simmons has managed to walk away with it the way that he did.
1: I think there are five. These, de- I mean, I I think all five of these people. Uh, I never saw the judge, but we'll pretend all five of these people deliver uh, as good a performance as you could hope for in these roles. I just think that these are all... I don't know if we um, should
2: include the judge and Robert Duvall in that. I don't uh, I don't know. Summation. But, uh, did you see the
0: judge, Patrick?
2: I did see the judge, and Robert Duvall is not the thing that I like about uh,
1: the these. I just. I don't really feel comfortable giving a trophy to any of these people for these roles, uh, but I don't Damn. have to. So
2: Come on, J.K. Wow. Simmons. I mean, I, it's well, a think bit of, of a legacy year. role. This but. might
1: be the year where the Oscars abstain, abstain and the Oscar wow. goes to no one...
2: Go May home. God have mercy on your hey, doesn't the doesn't the Nobel Prize, or the Pulitzer does that? They're yeah. just like, you know what, this
1: yeah. year? It's weird that the Oscars don't have the same integrity of the Pulitzer
0: Prize. I know, I'm surprised. No, it's it not that. surprising. <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> t- totally surprised. Okay, supporting actress, also producer Arquette walking away with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't feel like the competition is as strong, and I'm not as surprised that she's walked away with it the way she has.
1: Remember everything I just said about the supporting actors? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that could apply here as well.
0: Oh, come on. I mean, I'm I'm not the best
2: fan of Kieran Knightley. She's, Which of these performances the,
0: are you crazy? Okay, Laura Dern is the only one that I'm i I'm crazy really about like Laura about. Dern yeah, and yeah, Wilde.
2: Right. See, there's something really positive I have to say about Wilde. And Meryl Streep, too. I think she owns that movie. She's I really good. That That's she uh, kills my those numbers. She kills those numbers for this category. So good. So good. So much better than Kira Knightley and Emma, Emma Stone I, is what I really don't get. That's a big
1: yeah. raised You're eye Facebook, for me. you on Facebook, Dad. Get off of Facebook.
0: Come on, Dad! On, you want to go viral. You're not on Facebook, guys. Come on! You're not on Facebook, like Dad. Get on
2: Facebook. I saw uh, someone. I was talking to someone the other day about Patricia Arquette, who really she they didn't understand why Patricia Arquette was going to go from Boyhood to CSI Cyber. Because well, she I, signed
0: up for that before <laughs> she knew Boyhood was going to make any money.
2: Yeah, as if that's a problem too. Like that seems perfect. Like get your Oscar and and get a nice job and like get a consistent job. That's yeah. not a problem, right? Yeah, like Patricia never I think the thing is that you should never take a job that has the word cyber
1: in the title, but yeah, you know, well, it's fine.
0: A lot of people have won Oscars and then gone on to do nothing, so.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or, or bad movies, you know? Like, honestly, I hate to sound Jeff Wellsian here, but, like, I don't know what Patricia Arquette goes to do after – after this movie, that's not similar to what boyhood is. I mean, she has been kind of pigeonholed and she hasn't had a lot of work in the past few years. And like, this is a, a brilliant role because of how much she commits to it. And it's, it seems obvious that she would kind of settle into a television show or something that could consistently use her and use her. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Appreciate Patricia Arquette.
0: Consider like Melissa Leo. Um Okay. One more game. best actress is going to Julianne Moore. Uh, we're all <laughs> till Alice. I feel like we're fine with this, right?
2: We're totally fine with this. We're totally fine. And yes, but do you feel bad that Reese Witherspoon, this is the no. wrong year for if her. If Reese to didn't have a already have an Oscar, out.
0: I might feel more convicted about it. But I love it's her in a while. She already has an Oscar. She doesn't need this. And Julianne Moore doesn't have an Oscar, which is crazy. So give it to her for this really great performance. It's
2: time. It is weird that all these actor categories seem locked up, except,
0: except, best actor. So boring Michael Keaton versus adorable Eddie Redmayne, huh?
1: I think uh, I think Eddie Redmayne is going
2: to I so do win. too, and I didn't start thinking this until like a week or two ago. I really thought Keaton was carrying it all the way, and now I, something, the, maybe it was the, the BAFTAs. I will say, uh, I'm going to make a hyperbolic statement,
1: the, the most fun part of which is that I've done none of the research required to back ah. this up off the top of my head. Uh, I think this is the most shamefully uh, – Exclude uh, the most shameful crop of best actor <laughs> nominees relative to who has in not terms of been who was
0: in terms snubbed. of who was snubbed. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. I mean, you have five completely forgettable performances. I mean, just like just just I, I've already I just put my phone down and turned off the Oscar page, and I already forgot who we're talking <laughs> about. And wow. meanwhile, you have the brilliant Ben Affleck snub. The most brilliant male performance of the year, Ray Fiennes. Snub. So good. David Ialolo. Oh, yellow-o. Whatever. Snubbed. They're all. So all these people. Jake Gyllenhaal. And
0: that's just I didn't feel like Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler.
1: I didn't. But you know what? He's, He's better just than as good, than most if not facts. better, than most of the nominees. Snub. All these people. Uh, it's an embarrassment. Everyone it should
2: really be embarrassed. Is. It really is. Um, and Eddie Redmayne might be the most boring the of all yeah. of them, unfortunately. I think
0: Eddie Redmayne is very good in The Theory of Everything. I'm not crazy about that movie, but I do think he's really good in it. Really? What do you
2: think he's really – like, what is he doing that's so extraordinary that I think seems there's a to transcend in, something? I,
0: th- I think there's a lot of internal emotion going on there. I think he spends a lot of the movie not moving. Really? And being able to say a lot, even though – I mean, because the movie is like – and granted, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so forgive me if I'm forgetting things. But it's—I mean, it's—it pulls your heartstrings in some ways, but it's not overly literal. It's not trying to like. It doesn't have like voiceover most of the time, being like, "And here is how I felt." Yeah, but when that's I all Felicity my body. Jones. What's interesting think-
2: about these two lead performances, Michael Keaton and Eddie Redmayne, is that they're totally enabled by their supporting casts and and their lead actresses specifically. Like, I, I don't think Keaton has much going on without the women. Woman. Uh, Amy Ryan mostly and then um Andrea who else is in Riceboro. that Andrea Riseborough and Naomi Watts these women are the ones who seem to complicate it and and Emma Stone uh, in a way but and Eddie Redmayne I mean this whole movie is Felicity Jones for me everything good about it really? is Felicity Jones and she uh, he bounces off her. He is like just there, sitting in a chair. Not to you know diminish what Stephen Hawking has contributed to the world. But <laughs> this is all Felicity Jones. For wow, me. And anything I really, that he does in the movie is actually her bringing it to the movie.
0: Wow, I feel like she's fine in the movie, but I really did, I did think he brought a lot to what he was doing, just sitting in that chair. And I'm fine with him winning.
2: And he probably will. Poor Michael Keaton. He'll eh, never get this again.
0: I don't feel bad for Michael Keaton.
2: He'll go to Skull Island.
0: Oh God right he's gonna go make his paycheck he's fine um okay director should we just loop, loop together director and picture yes. because they seem kind of uh intertwined at this sure. point Sure. i don't know how to predict director without saying well if something wins best picture then this person wins like i was trying to do best director predictions and i got very uh we haven't a,
2: had a match though in yeah it seems years, like it'll be right? the opposite like if richard Oh
0: yeah Linklater no i feel wins, like they're gonna i feel like they're gonna split
1: yeah if he wins best director as uh he probably will it, it will be as sure a sign as anything, weirdly enough, that Birdman will probably win this picture.
0: Which is weird
2: because a Birdman seems more overly directed. It has more flourishes yes. in the direction department. Well, I would think almost... The other way around, if they were, you know, uh, Boyhood just seems like such a triumph as a full package, where you don't. It's almost like Twelve Years a Slave, where I could see it winning almost nothing. But that's why and that's why I think through. it's
1: this is a whole different conversation. This is part of the reason why I think Best Editing and Best Director are nonsense categories that uh, you know they should both be eliminated because you really don't know. <laughs> you weren't there. You don't know who, how you know the movie was edited um you don't know what is the direction what isn't you it's you know birdman is obviously very flashy in how it's put together boyhood has a different finger quotes gimmick um but it's really impossible to separate the quality of the picture from well, that's what the director did the for the various parts. I
2: disagree with that and I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before is for me best director feels more like what the best picture award is honoring and somehow best picture is more like which film will we enter into the canon of the Academy Award Best Picture winners? Like, Which one makes the oh. most sense at this time, at this moment, Like, where it's no longer just about the, the craft of the directorial choices. It's like Boyhood seems like an achievement beyond itself. It's transcending just being a movie. Maybe it should be Best Picture or whatever ends up being Best Picture. That's, to me, what that declaration is. Says, And I imagine as a voter, you have to think of it in that way. If you're going to choose between two, like if you pick Alejandro Ineratu, you're saying, well, this is a pretty damn good movie in terms of like just making a movie in terms of craft, in terms of entertainment and best picture for some reason is something more, which is why I, I continue to lean towards boyhood in hopes of. I don't. I don't really want to see Birdman win, unfortunately. I I certainly
1: share your hopes. I just (laughs) don't necessarily share those expectations. Um, I'm afraid that Birdman will win, uh, and we're going to have to live with that.
2: I saw someone on Twitter think say that the Selma could come from behind, and you know, with the way that with
1: with the preferential ballot, it leaves room for so much shenanigans.
2: The ballot, the voting is so weird how you, like, eliminate movies that no one else voted for and then your third or fourth choice goes to the number one pick or something. It's very odd. I think it makes
0: sense. It gives, I don't know, it gives you more chances to express your opinion rather than just having, like, the one movie that you put in there. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I started wondering if American Sniper was going to do the Selma thing you were talking about just because of how much money, money it made, but I don't really think that's going to happen.
2: Do you think it'll get anything? Because it's been such a part of the conversation. I had you know. Bradley the sound Cooper? Awards. Could it, uh,
0: Bradley oh, Cooper yeah.
2: come through? It has a very good chance
1: at the Sound Awards.
0: Yeah, I also have the cockamamie Bradley Cooper could win something theory that uh, I don't know that it makes any, makes any sense, but it, honestly, like, I mean, everyone talks about the year the Adrian Brody one because Jack Nicholson and Daniel Day Lewis, no one could decide between the two of them. And, uh, you know, I could see it happening. Although someone also pointed out that Daniel Day-Lewis and Jack Nicholson both already had Oscars when that happened, which makes it a slightly different scenario. Mm.
2: Bradley Cooper gets, he, he wins the award for being in a movie called Aloha.
0: Yeah, so starring uh, nominee Emma Stone, who everybody <laughs> likes. So wait, Dad, so, so David, you think Birdman wins both? Yeah. No, you think Linklater wins director, Birdman wins picture. Correct. I think, you know what, I'm
2: going boyhood director and picture.
0: Ooh, I was going to go Birdman. Uh, Birdman director, Boyhood picture.
1: I, I certainly hope smart. Patches is right, but uh, um, I suspect that he is not.
0: And then somehow the imitation everything. game wins everything. <laughs> oh, <and> my
2: God. <laughs> that, that, there would be a meltdown if that happens. That I always be true. remember that
0: we survived the year in which the artist ran away with the entire Oscars, including... A best director for Michelle Hazanavichus. Hizanav- so. Yeah,
2: it, it's weird. It turns out that the Oscars don't matter at all. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, we can
0: survive it. So the artist yeah. is
2: already a lost film. There are no copies of it left on the planet, and they're hoping to recover. So weird. Some yeah, no um, one's ever seen it since the Oscars.
0: It's true that Uggie was a uh, vanished that day. Poor never Uggie. Be seen again it's gonna make a worse joke about Uggy, but I wish I wish nothing but the best for Uggie. Well, those are our Oscar predictions. If you lose your office pool as a result of uh, following our advice, don't blame us. Hey, Patches, uh-huh. what was this week's time your own question? <laughs>
2: I'm I'm now like, oh, what was it? Because I should usually be looking at it here. Uh, It's in honor of Hot Tub Time Machine 2, which is apparently awful. Um, What movie's futuristic prediction do you hope comes true?
0: David, what's your pick?
2: Uh,
1: Let's see. I will go with (laughs) – I'll go with – you know, to go with a recent favorite. One of our favorite movies, I think, of all time um, is referenced in – this answer when I will find oh, it again. Wow. Here we go. Josh Josh, Josh. Rosenfeld, who says, at Josh Rosenfeld, uh, Channing Tatum's rocket skates in Jupiter yeah. ascending. Just yeah. seems like a really convenient way to get around. They look fun. Uh, yeah, they look and fun. Easy and easy to not, learn. Not I mean, dangerous, yeah.
2: is out there like gliding above Chicago within, is she gone for like three and, days? Yeah, and she was really doing that, so. That was real.
0: Yeah. yeah. They, they look pretty fun. Uh, Patches, what's your pick?
2: Um, multiple listeners said Zardoz. Damn it, and, you stole mine. yeah sorry. Um, I'm yeah. At Muff Media said so the giant floating head from Zardoz. I'm sorry. Uh, at Patrick underscore Ren who was hoping for the outfits, the baby, the diaper that Sean Connery wears at Zardoz. I'm not a fan of that, but I am a fan of giant floating stone heads, and so I'm all about that. I also wanted to highlight Katie, your coworker Richard Lawson, who said Jamie Dornan.
0: Yes. <laughs> Someday we'll be lucky enough to live in a world in which Jamie Dornan is real. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Until then. Um, I'm going to go with Zach Baum who said, Kingsman umbrella, which I do enjoy, especially because of the way that uh, idiots in New York will use giant golf umbrellas on the sidewalk, and they deserve to be uh, poisoned with a little dart that shoots out of my umbrella. <laughs> but
2: Spoiler then you would be alert. hitting other people with your umbrella because it has to be open wide and like in shooting position. So, But it's in, the, it's in the name
0: of justice. I feel like oh, okay. people would Fair. understand me. Okay, that does it for today's Fighting in the War Room. We'll be back next week, post-Oscars. We'll have survived everything and uh, be talking about some more stuff. In the meantime, tell the people who you are.
2: I'm Matt Patches. I'm the senior writer of Esquire.com, and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches. I'm
1: David Ehrlich. I am the associate film editor of Time Out New York and the editor-at-large of Little White Lies magazine. You can find me on Twitter at David Ehrlich and Time Out US Film.
0: And I'm Katie Rich. You can find me at VanityFair.com. We'll, we'll be writing a ton about the Oscars on Sunday, so please join us. You can also find me on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week.